comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is Abe. Hello. Out now is a film podcast which is Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games and other fun stuff. This is episode 92 and today tonight we are discussing A Good Day to Die Hard, the fifth entry in the Die Hard franchise which stars of course Bruce Willis as John McLean. And joining us to discuss what passes for a diehard movie these days, we have writer for Ref Mendelssohn's Memos and the Huffington Post, the man who is currently constructing a Chernobyl theme park, Scott Mendelssohn. It opens in 2014. Ugh. When you ride, you die. This isn't passes for everyone. <laughs> and also, we, we have a guest writer for Mendelssohn's Memos, a true cowboy no matter where he goes, Brandon Peters. Hey, hang on, hang on. Okay, this podcast is radiation free. Okay. <laughs> you got the you got the anti, you got the anti radiation <laughs> item yes. out. Yes. <laughs> okay. How, how's everyone doing? We we ready for this? We ready well, to talk we're about radiation free? So I should feel pretty good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Can't wait for that theme park. This I'm really looking forward to it. Ride one day, die all year. <laughs> and it's just opening right around the corner. How many of, how many of those are on your list, Scott, to go through? I'm excited. Wait, what? Your your die your die themed little. I I got lines. nothing. That was it. Uh, that was it. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. For now. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's let's get into, let's get into some announcements here. Um, actually, first off, uh, but I asked uh, earlier in the day um, on the uh, the old Facebook and Twitter page. Which could, of course, be found at uh, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash underscore podcast. Could I say that faster? Um, I asked if anyone had any favorite uh, kind of diehard related movies or concepts for their own diehard. And we got a, a variety of answers. So I'm going to read some of those here. First, we uh, um, one interpretation of this question we had from uh, John Van Dyke, who said he loves the uh, third diehard film, Diehard with Vengeance, because, if only because of its synergy of memories with the PlayStation game, which was way fun. So there you go. That's one. Cool. We got another from Wind Up Films, uh, at, at Wind Up Films from Twitter. Chill Factor was the oddest diehard ripoff with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Skeet Ulrich in an ice cream truck with a bomb. Who remembers Chill Factor? I do. I remember I Chill remember Factor. I remember it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Skeet Ulrich? Skeet, Skeet, yeah, you know, <laughs> screams Skeet Ulrich. 
who was claimed to be like the next Tom Cruise. Well, he was the next Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, exactly. Johnny, he was the next Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Option B. He really yes. was. I mean, a Wes Craven movie where he had the same where he had the same facial hair as Johnny Depp does now. It's a combination you can't miss. Oh, I mean, in the first scream at least he looks exactly like Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. It's frightening. And red food color. Like Twenty One Scream Street. Um, oh, we got our next one um, from Adam, friend of the show, Adam Gentry. His idea for a new Die Hard film. Villains take over the retirement home in Oops, I Died Hard Again. <laughs> I can't tell if that's like a Viagra joke. Or if it's like... <laughs> I, I think it's the plot of Red 3. I think that's what it is. Oh. Yes. Oh. Well, um, here. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for uh, those uh, questions or those uh, responses to that. Uh, and, you know, anyone else can feel free to, you know, write in any time to our you know, podcast. We, we are happy to read out various questions and answer them on the show or, you know, whatever. You guys write into us, and uh, that will lead me into the you know iTunes reviews and ratings. It's good to get those. We like uh, we like doing this podcast, and it's nice to you know have people write in and you know, recommend it to us. You know what? Tell a friend. Who needs iTunes? <laughs> like iTunes is fun at all. But, that a lie. But you know, tell tell a friend. Right? Yeah. Um, pro quo. Yeah. And uh, let's see. This is uh this is pointed out to me. I never really point this out on the show, but when we when we remove when we review movies, we tend to not you know do spoilers at all. And I just want to say uh, this is a spoiler free show, unless uh otherwise noted, which is you know not very often. But just want to throw that in there. People that you know may not be aware of how in depth tend to go. That? What? Have we been getting questions about that? I have gotten questions about oh, that okay. and yeah. my own level. So it's like yeah. yeah, might as well make note of it, I guess. True. And um, let's see. Uh, we're at episode 92, Abe. I know. When you said that the first time, I was like, wow, we're getting really close to that 001. <laughs> That's how you say it, the 001. Yeah, we're getting close to our 100th episode, and we're sure to probably do something special for that. And uh, let's see, last thing. Uh, we did release our uh, Die Hard of Avengers commentary, which Scott and Brandon were both a part of. You guys could say something to... to it was help. amazing. <laughs> For your 100th episode, you had a choice between 42 and Scary Movie 5. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, more, more gems like that and others you can find in the commentary. <laughs> so let's, let's move on. Let's get to know everybody. Each week we ask each other a few questions to kind of set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know everybody. And I'm going to lead off with Brandon this week. All right, Scott. Yes? Since I barely know ye. Uh, what is your all-time favorite part five in a franchise and your least favorite part five in a franchise? Not including remakes, so it's got to be continuation of story to a part five. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming we're not counting the Star Wars films and their various variations um so well, my favorite I mean, if, if you were counting star wars attack of the clones would be the fifth <laughs> well in that case no um <laughs> let's see um i'm torn um i'm tempted to you know on one hand i want to go in the, you know, sort of the obvious answer of harry potter and the order of the phoenix which i think is the second best of the series behind part seven on the other hand i am a huge fan of fast five which not only do I think Fast Five is a fantastic action picture, it was the first Fast Furious film that I actually liked. I, I didn't care for any of the prior four, but I had a chance to see the fifth one very early, and the 
the trailer looked terrific, and I thought, what the heck, why not? And I ended up absolutely loving it. So, for the sake of time, Fast Five. My least favorite? Um, probably Saw Five. For two reasons. A, it's terrible. B, it was so bad, it kneecapped the far superior Saw Six at the box office a year later. Alrighty. Scott, you're up. Oh. Um, let's see. Okay, um... Aaron. Yeah. Uh, favorite Die Hard Anna or Inna movie that isn't a Die Hard film? Uh, um... Bruce Willis movies that also bothers. Uh, I really love Speed, so I'm going to go Speed. Speed's a fantastic. Yeah. You love doing drugs? This is a drug-free show, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Um, my, speed, Speed. that movie is just a lot of fun. It just kicks off and just keeps going. It literally just does, does not... It's pulse-pounding, I think someone says on the back of the cover. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's like, is that from the back of the box? Yeah. But, uh, and I wish John Devont, like, had another chance to, like, make more movies. Like, what, where's he been? Like, what's he doing? Yeah. But, Living off the money from Speed, obviously. You know, my favorite part of Speed, which is, like, the, like, most, like, least essential part of that movie is, like, the second the, like, they call in the elevator thing, and, like, so, like, Harry and Jeff Daniels, or, or who, or Jack and Jeff, <laughs> Jack and Harry, Jack and, I'm sorry, I have a watched it Jack and Harry, Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves, like, speed in, they speed in, and, like, the, the first shot you see of them is, like, the car, like, flies over this hill, <laughs> it's like, that's how, that's how dangerous these guys are, they can't, they, they can't, they rule the roads, apparently. <laughs> it's just, like, their introduction is just, like, why did the car fly in like that, but whatever. It's... You know, in, in some ways, I actually like speed better than die hard. But that's for another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Abe. Yeah. What's an action movie that you wish had a sequel? Oh, hmm. Good question. Makes me think for a second. Hmm. Do you have one off the top of your head? Um, I have more ones that I just really like. <laughs> one that I want an actual sequel to. The Rundown came to mind, actually. The Rundown with The Rock? Yep. Yeah. That's a good question. I, I think that there's a lot of movies that deserve sequels, but these action Or no, movies... what, I think, what am I talking about? Space Jail. Space Jail did a sequel. Come on. up to Space Jail. I want to, to see more uh, more, uh, more snow. All the, uh, the, uh, what are they? Are they Scottish or Irish? <laughs> what, more uh, of the villains in them? I don't care enough about them. Uh, I want to just see more snow. You know, in, in, in honor of, of Michael Jordan's 50th birthday, which was yesterday, I have to say that every time I hear you or someone else say Space Jail, all of a sudden I start thinking of the Space Jam theme song. It's okay. It's, it's a Space oh, Jam. Exactly. Anyway, sorry I interrupted you. I really hope Abe cuts in a piece of the Space Jam theme song <laughs> during that part. Hint, hint. The R. Kelly song? Yeah, that one. Yeah. And now I hope that we just hear more of Scott Mendelson singing the space That's all I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna loop it on repeat. <laughs> I have no answer to your question. I'm, How about you, like, Scott? That is such a good question. Uh, well, the rundown I think would make a fine continuation. I like the, the relationship between the two of them. I don't, you know, the movie's not that good, but I would have loved to have seen a second drive angry with Fincher and Cage just teaming up to do their business together the whole time. Drive angrier. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, the few moments where the two of them are on screen together, 
And Fincher's character is so wonderful in that movie that I would have liked to have seen another film with the two of them teaming up to, you know, bring somebody else back to hell or something. Yeah, a friend of the show, William Fickner, who Abe and I... Yeah, found, we, we, we found it a long time. One of our, our, our founding game segment was based on William Fickner because he's been in so many movies. But yeah, we'd we love to see more. Like, that was the only good thing about that movie for me. Yeah. Friend of the show, William Fickner? Yeah, friend of the show, William Fickner. I'm going to have to pass on this question and I'll answer it in a tweet. Okay. Because, yeah, it makes me think. You should tweet that right wow. now, just to, to, to our <laughs> listeners. See, it's a, like typey type. See what they come up with. I will. Oh. But while you're doing that, you could ask your next question to somebody. I will. Okay, Brandon. Yo. Better action hero, McLean or McBain? I saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Well. McBain never made a good day to die hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> but he made that comedy. It's in the works. You never know. So what was his comedy movie called or whatever? Where it was a uh, stand-up. The one where he's doing stand-up? Yeah. I think you're all the homosexuals. <laughs> uh, I forget what the comedy one is called. So you're going to go with that move, McBain? Let McBain, let's get silly. There it is. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, no! I, I I've always loved John McClane. My my real answer would be John McClane. Uh, circa 1988 to 2007. <laughs> uh, so it's it's up to me, huh? Yeah. Um, Aaron. Yeah. Uh. Give us um, a, 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 die, a die hard title using a catchphrase using the word die. So a new, so basically a new die hard title. A new die hard title, yeah. Like uh, uh, only the good die hard, something like that. Like, yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. only the good die. That is, that's like, that's better <laughs> than the last two. <laughs> Let's see. Let me think of one. I'll come up with something. Let's see. Die hard. Sequel title. You'd be like Abe and tweet it. Uh, I'll come up with one. Okay, I got it. It's so, uh, what has two thumbs and dies hard? This guy. And there's like a comma. Oh, there's a question yeah. mark, comma, back. So it's a really complicated title. <laughs> what has two thumbs and dies hard? Question mark. This guy. Uh, 2020. I can, yeah, I can see that comedy play very well. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey is like the cabbie friend that he's gonna. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Cheer I got on. my thumbs. I got two of them. We're gonna die hard. All right. Um, Scott. Yes. What is your favorite moment from any of the Die Hard movies? Um. That is an excellent. You know, this is gonna sound nuts. Uh, I really like the moment in Part Four. Sort of the big, you know, the big, you know, character payoff with him and Justin Long in the car, who basically explains that, you know, 20 years after Nakatomi Plaza, I'm still a loser, I'm still nothing, and, you know, it was all for nothing. Sure. Um, because that's really what, you know, that's what, that's what the, the fourth film is about, arguably, and it is a nice culmination of the series. You know, the idea that, and that's one of the reasons the fourth one works as well as it does, is it does sort of deal with the whole John McClane flirting with theoretical death, you know, irrelevance. He realizes that, you know, it really was all for nothing in the broad scheme of things. Um, that, that scene 
makes the movie and works as sort of a culmination of the series. One of these is actually rem- remember to think of two questions ahead of time. <laughs> but not today. Today was not a good day to remember two questions ahead of time. Hard. 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 It, now it is hard because I'm thinking on the fly. Um, oh, Lordy. Okay, fine. Uh, Brandon, favorite action sequence from the franchise? From the, the, the mm-hmm. Die Hard franchise? No, the Land Before Time franchise. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, What's the fifth one called again? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have to say, it, does it count as an action se- uh, sequence, the uh, escape from the uh, elementary school in Die Hard with a Vengeance? I think that's a that's an action sequence. In both. Yeah, I mean, nothing's really blowing up there. It's just an intense... Yeah, but you're, you're running across it. rooftops and things. and Yeah. That, that works. The music's there. But, I mean, that, that that moment's just, I mean, always just been a culmination of intensity. And I, you know, every time after a few years I haven't watched it, I still feel like that bomb's going to go off. Yeah. And I don't know. And it's funny because that scene doesn't contain McLean at all. Or any villain, or any of the villains. It's just, I don't well, know. I, I think that's a perfect. sign of a good movie that you could yeah. have one of your best moments involving your peripheral characters. Because that means that they, you know, they take the time to develop everybody. Yeah. But, I mean, that that one came right to my head. So, yeah. Okay. Land Before Time 5, The Mysterious Island, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> Is that the one with Keeper Sutherland? No, it's not the one with Keeper Sutherland. Oh. Is that the one where Sharptooth falls off a cliff? I hope so. Um, <laughs> does, Brandon have, does Brandon, did Brandon do two already? Or? I did two questions. I think did, so, yeah. so let's move to Abe, then. Uh, I can do another. Aaron, why is your favorite scene the jet scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... I am going to be more mad than I am already about this movie. <laughs> if you think the jet scene in the movie that I, I like the least of the three of you guys, so, or I don't know what Abe's thoughts on the look for your diehard are, but can't remember it. Okay, there you go. I Abe, certainly you... like it more now. Abe, did you have a second question? <laughs> I did, yeah. Shoot. All right, this is. Uh, I guess this can be for anybody, actually. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, everybody. Terribly awesome catchphrase that you want to be heard, or that you want heard in a movie. Smoke up those octopuses, man. <laughs> What? The hell? what? <laughs> I crushed it. What are you talking about? Have you been, that one came too easily for that came, you. That came right on. That was the first. That's like been hiding up your sleeve for a really long time. I have no time. idea where that came from, but it's a. I, I, I'm happy with it. I'm not changing it. I got mine. That was good. <laughs> um, smoke up them op- octopuses, man. This is this is an old one, but uh, you're still mine, aren't you? Any. Well, no, no. I mean, uh, <laughs> and and in an action movie, using it, uh, and he said, "Rectum, damn near kill them." That's more like a punchline to it. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's this random punchline yeah. that no one knows the like joke to. It's like people walk in, I walk into a situation, that'd be what you hear, and you don't know what the joke leading up to that is. Well, so yeah, you just got maybe it's my age showing. Maybe it's my age showing knowing that. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I've got, I guess, two. One somewhat related to what Brandon said. You know, the, basically, you know, and the bear said, you didn't come here to hunt, did you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is the punchline to an old joke that I enjoy telling. Um, <laughs> and the other one, and, and this is where I thought Brandon was going, is back in 2006, I was kind of hoping that the the oh. worldwide smash hit of the Da Vinci Code would cause the phrase <laughs> "so dark the cot of man" to become a catchphrase, but it did not happen. 
The only thing Shucks. Remember, there's two things I remember about the Da Vinci Code. One of the most boring movies. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hanks' is awesome hair. No, well, no, I forgot. I actually forgot about Hanks' hair. One was uh, Paul Bettany whips himself. That. Yes. And the other <laughs> place, like near the end, like like Tom Hanks looks to Audrey to do is like Godspeed. And I was like, really? And I cracked up. Like everyone else was really <laughs> on watching this movie and taking it seriously. I wasn't. I I was really not happy with this movie. Watching it the last stand. Oh my god! At least I got to see Angels and Demons, or as I call it, Twenty Four goes to Vatican City. That movie's a lot more fun than. Uh, it's more fun, yeah. It's still oh, not yeah. good, but like at least uh, like hey. It's it's dumb and fun rather than dumb and boring. Okay, so with that, that's that's the end of our segment. Know everybody. <laughs> so that's how you do that. We all know each other. Exactly. Yeah. Well, now the listener the listeners know us better. Than Scott. <laughs> so smoke up them octopuses, man. Um, <laughs> and the bear said, "You didn't come here to hunt, did you?" <laughs> Um, how many times can we plug those in? I'm just going to add that to, like, random parts of the of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and the bear said, right, right after the trailer plays, it's going to be like, and the bear said, come here to let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on to Out Now Quickies. TM. Out Now Quickies is, of course, where we talk about more movies than the ones we were just reviewing, because lots of movies come out every week, and we don't get a chance to review every single one of them, so we figure why not have a segment that's about to being very quick about talking about Out Now Quickies. Damn. I have to say it really quick, or else the segment's just you know it's useless. It gets out of hand. Yeah, I have I have a couple. Um, one which I briefly mentioned last week was Safe Haven, the new Nicholas Sparks rom drom starring what's her name? Um, <laughs> from and that uh, guy. It's it's ho- uh, hot hot. What's her first name? Julianne Hogue. Julianne Julianne Huff. Okay, I was like yeah. Jennifer. No, that's not right. Julie Julianne Huff and Josh Duhamel. Sorry, Transformers: Dark of the Moons. Josh Duhamel. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it, I can say this. Safe Haven is better at being the movie it's trying to be than Die Hard is. It's a good day of Die Hard is it trying to be a Die oh, Hard. That's, that's sad. So, I mean, you get exactly what you expect out of that movie. And there's a little nonsensical ending that just needs to die. I've heard about that. Um, it's really hard to say there's a twist ending, but there's a twist ending. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I was very I – I normally never do this, but I actually predicted it, and I was pretty pleased with myself. No. Wow. Yeah, I never really, I never tried to do that either. It just, it just kind of dawned on me all of a sudden. I was like, oh, this is how, and it was confirmed to me, so it's whatever. Are you uh, giving clues away? Because you said Don, so is he a vampire? I don't know. That is, that's what it is. Uh, Sorry, spoilers. Breaking I, I just down. talked about how we don't do spoilers on this show. Thanks a lot. Damn it. Okay. TM. Uh, speaking of vampires, not really, but kind of, uh, Scott and I, we both saw Beautiful Creatures this past week, and uh, I liked it, but Scott, what did you think of Beautiful? I almost loved it. Well, I thought the first two thirds were fantastic. It kind of drops the ball in the third act, but and frankly, you know, I kind of I googled the book because I was curious, and the ending makes a lot more sense in the book. They explain things in the book they don't explain in the movie, but it's I'm very very sad it didn't do very well this weekend, um, because I would like to have seen more. Uh, it's very good. It's probably one of my favorite films I've seen this year so far. However limited that is at this point, um, very well acted, very well dire- directed, very funny. Uh, Jeremy Irons is terrific. Yes, he is. As is, you know, Violet Davis is very good. Emma the kids, Thompson. who I don't have their name offhand, but they're both very, very, very good. They're both like, or at least the guy's like a complicated name too, so I can't like remember yeah. it easily. But yeah, they're, uh, they they share good chemistry. That was like the main. I, I hope they have long, happy careers because they both deserve it. Is, is the guy from uh, Chronicle? Is is that the same dude? No, it's not a uh, Dane DeHaan from Chronicle. No. Oh, okay. I remember his name somehow. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> 
No, this uh, this kid was he was in actually he was in a uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Tetro. If anyone saw that, oh, yes, yes, I did. But, uh, I like this better. Yeah, I would. <laughs> but uh, he uh, and you mentioned this, Scott. He he's like a young DiCaprio in his kind of his look. Yes, and, you know, uh, he he looks he does look and, like DiCaprio. And the way he enunci- over enunciates certain words to make himself feel look relatable reminded me of DiCaprio specifically in Titanic. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if things were different, I honestly wouldn't have mind doing a whole episode on beautiful creatures instead of a good day to die art. But here we are. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on because this quickies. Abe, do you have any quickies? Nope, none. Brandon, did you see anything else this week? Uh, I saw a, a Blu-ray of a movie called uh, The Thieves from South Korea that was uh, pretty fun. Um, What's that one about? Uh, in brief, it's Ocean's Eleven with uh, action scenes. Uh, action sequences and stunt work arrive, uh, kind of in the vein of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Ooh. Um, mm, it's a pretty, pretty fun, pretty fun little movie. It's not, it, it, on the surface, it looks a lot like Ocean's Eleven, but the characters have a bit more conflict with each other, and, uh, that plays more into part of it than trying to work together to accomplish a heist. But it's, I, I do recommend it. It's, it's quite a fun movie. Is it, is it as good as Tower Heist? I never saw Tower Heist. But Scott was Scott promoted Scott, to hell. Scott keeps recommending yes. it to me, and I have yet to get to it. The first third is exceptional. The rest of it's pretty good, too. I've just added The Thieves to my Netflix queue, and I'm with that. That looks interesting. Mm. Oh. If and I Abe, may throw... Oh, no, go ahead. Abe, you meant... This just reminded me. Abe asked me my favorite... Uh, or who, who asked me? Dave asked me my favorite... Or no, Scott. Uh, someone asked me my favorite, like, non-die-hard, die-hard movie. Yeah. Who asked me that? I don't know. I did. Okay, Not me. Because um, I did. I, I have been mentioning um, Sleepless Night quite a bit, and that that is on. Oh, instant, yeah. That is on instant watch Very now good as well. Man. So just shout it out again, basically. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. Scott, did you have something? Well, no, I saw. Uh, it's on VOD right now. Uh, Alphabet of Death. Oh, the ABCs of yeah. Yeah, ABCs of Death. Sorry, I have that um, on my PlayStation right now. I was gonna. Watch. It's a lot of fun. It's about it's 26 little very brief five minute horror pieces. You know, one related to each al- you know, letter of the alphabet, and some of them work better than the others, but it's it's really really entertaining. It's like a horror anthology film. Yes, for twenty six um, different horror anthologies. Yeah, some of them are really funny, some of them are really scary, some of them just don't work at all. But you know, there's twenty six. You're bound to find a few that you really like. Well, that's like yeah, saying seriously. that's like saying movie forty three was bound to have sketches I liked, but I know how that worked out. So, we'll, uh, <laughs> but I did already rent it, so I'm gonna check it out. I'm looking forward. To it. Cool. All right, so that's how you do out now quickies. DM. Let's move on to movie trailer talk, where we discuss. DM. Some, thank you. Oh. We discuss some of the some of the newest movie trailers and uh, what we thought. So let's get to the first one. This one came out a couple weeks ago during the Super Bowl. It is the Iron Man three spot, the extensive or extended look, however you want to phrase it. And um, yeah, I'm just gonna jump right into it. Scott, what did you think of the Iron Man three? Uh, I thought it was a good spot. I I liked the fact that it was staged around a specific sequence. It sets up what's you know it sets up a major action sequence, but doesn't give away what happens in that action sequence. And what I liked about that sequence, which you know it's however it works in the movie, it works in the movie. It kind of reminds you how infrequently you see in the superhero movies actual superheroism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for budgetary reasons or whatever. You know, I mean, you in this film you apparently see Iron Man doing a superheroic feat of saving people. Which sadly doesn't happen all that much in superhero movies these days. Uh, I remember in the Avengers, I was genuinely shocked to see a scene of the Avengers in downtown New York. Avenging? Help- yes, helping people <laughs> off of the buses. 
that it were going to be blown up. They were saving innocent victims. It is amazing how rarely you see that. Um, but it looks like a terrific action sequence. Um, I, well, you know what? That might be a spoiler. So I'm not going to say who I think dies, but you know where I stand on that. Same as you. Um, I think it's funny that Ben Kingsley is playing a character called the Mandarin, which may or may not be more offensive than having a character named the Mandarin at all. Um, discuss amongst yourselves. Um, but no, the funny thing is I, sh- I ended up showing my wife the first two, I, you know, all of the movies up to the Avengers over the last couple of weeks. She was curious and she really liked both Iron Man pictures. And frankly, Iron Man 2 holds up actually is a little better after you've seen the Avengers as sort of a pit stop between Iron Man 1 and the Avengers. Um, I still have huge problems with the film, but, and so the, 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 I guess punchline of this is my wife now wants to see Iron Man 3. Cool. All right. Cool. Brandon? Um, so far with the marketing in this movie, they're doing a damn good job because I, I really want to see it. And, uh, I, I, I feel like they're showing us enough without showing us a lot, which is, which is good. And I mean, we've yet to see Ben Kingsley except for that close up shot. And, uh, it doesn't look like at any point in the film that he gets caught early on and later on to <laughs> discover that he wanted to be caught. So he wanted to be caught. That's, that's a plus. But uh, I think, yes, it is obvious who is going to bite it. Um, even or, it if, could, I mean, or it could be a clever mislead. It could be, but I mean, why else would a certain person return to the film? Um, but because <laughs> you get those uh, Marvel bucks. Yeah, you do get the Marvel bucks. Um, but no, it huh, it looks really, really good, and um, it looks like it's taking you know a darker path, but but still maintaining uh, the vein of the Marvel and Iron Man universes. Cool, Abe. Uh, I'm really excited for it too. I think that. Um... Shane Black, I mean, he's huge on comics, so I think he's going to take it in the right direction. Um, I also really like the, the poster of just Iron Man falling out of the sky, matching the comic book, uh, comic book, what, what is that, front page? I don't know, cover. Um, and it's also both, like, May 3rd, which is pretty neat. Why? What? Huh? The comic book, or the comic book cover has like May 3rd on it, um, and the movie trailer, or the movie poster also has May 3rd on it. Oh, so you're, oh, you're referencing a specific comic book cover. Yeah, uh, it's the one that's kind of basically looks exactly like it. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be cool. Uh, but yeah, I basically agree with all you guys. I think it, I, I do like how this action, how, how this trailer portrays this action because you just literally don't know how it's going to end. And that's a nice step up from, you know, seeing how action scenes end within the trailer. So. That's that's a nice way to you know get me really pumped for something just because I'm like how is he going to save all these people and uh, but aside from that yeah Shane Black I you know I <laughs> he's made some some damn good scripts in his day and he's directed right. Chris Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and I hope that he just you know knows how to handle a movie of this scale that's what I'm hopeful of so uh, you know we'll see Iron Man three does open May third two thousand thirteen kicking off the summer. And uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Let's move on to the next film we have. It is The Internship, and this is the uh, the film that reteams Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn together, and uh, a film about those two as salesmen who <laughs> basically lose their job and try to fight their way into an internship position at Google, and um, not Bing, Google, 
and uh, they they, uh, they um they compete with a bunch of other people w- way more qualified than than these two are. Also much younger, of course, because that's how that's how these kind of things work out. So with that said, I'll start with Brandon this time. Brandon, any thoughts on this trailer? Uh, well, um, I was a, a fan of the Wedding Crashers with the Vaughn and Wilson team up, but this um looks kind of out of touch and out of date. Um, maybe something for the CBS viewing crowd that they might enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's what struck me because, who? What are computers? What is the internet? I mean, come on. Um, uh, I did like that their adversary, the boss teaching everybody, didn't appear to get captured early <laughs> on in the film, and uh, only to have planned it and escape. <laughs> Glad to get caught. Um, there may be a glass prison yet. Uh, <laughs> I want that to be your response to every trailer. Uh, well, it happened to the Oogly Loves, so who knows? Oh, my God. <laughs> the Oogly Loves. Uh, <laughs> All four people saw that. Uh, <laughs> Let's get back on track. Uh, um, I think we're already lost. I, I, I have, right now, not a lot of interest in this movie unless my, my wife wants me to go to it, um, I'll probably wait for home video at, from the, what the trailer's giving me. All right. Scott? Well, let's just say Brandon's reference to the villain's, you know, intentional escape and capture made me laugh far harder than anything in the trailer. <laughs> um, no, it, it looks, Brandon's right. It looks very, you know, something from 1994. You know, again, you know, people know what computers are. People know how the internet works. People, you know, as far as the internship thing, it's funny you guys said Bing, because my first thought was, is a twist going to be the movie takes place in, like, 1998 and Chandler Bing gets the job at the end? Um, Because, you know, Friends had an arc specifically dealing with that, where, you know, he basically was an older guy who quits his job and does a tech internship. And, you know, he ends up giving the job and living happily ever after. Um, But as far as the trailer goes, it just didn't look particularly funny. I mean, I, 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 I muster anything more to say other than eh. All right, then let's move on to Abe. Yeah, it's kind of an eh, too. It's kind of just more like, man, what is this? Um, and primarily, I mean, I like Vince Vaughn and, and Owen Wilson doing their comic shtick, but at the same time, it's like, I don't fully understand why they would need to make this movie at this particular time, considering that, you know, The Social Network came out like a couple of years ago. I think people were kind of, not that crazy on Google right now anyway. Um, and uh, something that Brandon had brought up, which is like the CBS cr- crowd, it's kind of just more like, I guess maybe if you're playing up the whole entire, you know, geek nerd culture of the United States that's booming right now, maybe this is the, the audience that they're trying to capture. But I don't really see why this movie is relevant. I mean, also Owen Wilson just looks like he's got cakes of makeup on, on his face and looks kind of weird. <laughs> but again, I, I like their comedy duo. I'm sure that there's going to be some laughs in it and there's going to be some heartfelt ending of like, hey, man, you're a geek and an engineer, but you're cool. And I don't really know. I, I don't really think that this is something that is going to do well. Um, Yeah, I mean, I laughed. I don't know. I agree with the points that you guys are making, especially about, you know, the idea of a Google internship being the central topic of the movie. That's like, that's a little not that relevant, it would seem. But yeah, I, I, I like those two actors, and I like them together. <laughs> And they make, and I did laugh at parts of the trailer. The fact that it's written by the writer of The Watch definitely leaves me less inspired. Sean Levy, well, he did, his last movie was a real steal. 
that's that's fine, right? Good cinematography. I was yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of Date Night, and the less that's said about the Pink Panther and the other leagues of terrible things, the better. But I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it really doesn't matter direction wise. It's more of a how well can these guys rip off each other, and for the most part. The trailer maybe me chuckle, so if I see it, it's just because I want to have a good laugh, and so we'll, I'll see. Fair enough. All right, so that's uh, the end of movie trailer talking into our uh, film review for A Good Day to Die Hard. American? Yeah. New York. Are you a cop? Yeah. It's going to be loud. How'd you know I was a cop? You don't look like a lawyer. Jack! Dad? This is what you've been doing? 007 of Plainfield, New Jersey. Relax, you're safe now. Save my ass. This guy's bad news. Terrorism. Weapons grade uranium. Nukes. Someone's gotta stop him. Got a boy. Knock, knock. Whoa. What is this? A pirate gun? It's old school. Yeah? Like you, right? Right. And the bear said, You didn't come here to hunt, did you? So that should have been some of the trailer for A Good Day to Die Hard. This is the fifth entry in the Die Hard franchise starring Bruce Willis as John McClane, who is now looking to save his son, Jack, who seems to be in some trouble in Russia. Little does John know that Jack's actually a CIA spy person looking to <laughs> rescue some random prisoner. <laughs> it's a plot so who cares? Like, it's so like the movie didn't care, so I don't think I should. But, you know, John goes to Russia, tries to help out his son, gets involved in some Heavy terrorist business and lots of explosion shooting and fatherly bonding ensue. So let's start off with uh, Brandon. Brandon, what did you think of it? First off, what's your relationship with the Die Hard franchise? And then what what did you think of A Good Day to Die Hard? Ah, um, me and the Die Hard franchise were going steady for a while. Um, we took some time apart and then got back together after 12 years. And it's a good time. Um, no, um, I have always <laughs> been huge. Uh, softy for the Die Hard series like ever since I first was at my friend's house and we took his dad's VHS and popped it in that night because we weren't supposed to be watching it and I immediately told my dad I watched it loved it and went and rented the second one and I I enjoyed it back then it hasn't held up too well for me over time but I still enjoy the movie um loved uh Die Hard with a Vengeance and I was okay with Live Free or Die Hard. I found a lot of fun in the movie. I do see some people's problems, but I see some things in a different light. Um, it has one really bad action sequence, but aside from that, it's pretty fine. So, uh, love the franchise. Uh, and what was it? What did I think of this movie? Yeah, that'd be the next logical question. Yes. <laughs> it was horrible. It is just as bad as everyone says. It's, it must, I, you know what? It must not be seen to be believed. Just take everyone's <laughs> word for it. Um, everything you like, it's just, ah, it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, the feeling you have leaving the theater after this movie. Cause they probably should have stopped while they were ahead with Live Free or Die Hard. All right. Scott? 
Same question, actually. Uh, well, I, I grew up with the Die Hard films. I'm about, you know, I'm a little older than Brandon, but not to any extent that it matters. Um, I like the first one quite a bit, like everyone else does. I like the second one more than most people. I like the third. I even like the fourth. I think the fourth, you know, Live Free or Die Hard is a good action film. I even think it's a good Die Hard film, more or less. As far as the one bad action scene that Brandon refers to, the nice thing is you can skip that by hitting skip once on the DVD player, and boom, the film goes on like accordingly. That would be the giant jet scene that is Aaron's favorite, of course. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I didn't mean to be mean joke that right scene. now. <laughs> Smoke up the octopuses, boys. <laughs> and the bear says, you didn't come here to hunt, did you? Anyway, no. Um, but this film, um, okay, it's a, is it a bad Die Hard movie? Yes. Is it a bad action movie? Yes. Is it a, just a bad movie? Yes. And I saw it several days ago, and upon reflection, if you don't count the various kind of, you know, bargain basement released straight to DVD by the likes of Lionsgate horror movies that sometimes you run into at Blockbuster, things that were like shot, you know, you know, ten dollars to make, et cetera, et cetera. This may be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, and that's not something I say lightly. Um, you know, they had all the resources at their disposal. They had a guaranteed hit just by putting the words "Die Hard" in the title. There is absolutely no excuse, no plausible justification or motivation why this film should be as incompetent as it is. It is badly acted. It is barely written. <laughs> What's funny there? It's not you. I love these outfits. <laughs> you remember the last time we talked just before you went away? Ah, oh, no. No, no, no. You're not going to open up to me right before we die. No, that's not your thing, John. What's that? Killing bad guys. That's your thing. You're not going to die today. The entire film feels like a handful of actors who spend the entire film ad-libbing badly because they forgot their lines and director John Moore never bothered to get cut. I mean, you want to call this a mumblecore diehard? Fine. Be my guest. Um, the action scenes are terrible. The there's no strong villain in this film, which is inexcusable when you think of the Die Hard series. Um, those films are as much as the Bond films based around the strength of their villain, arguably. Um, it's like it was almost like an intentional springtime for Hitler tax write off. I I I cannot possibly understand how anyone could watch the dailies for this film and then after it was cut together in some rough form, watch it and say, okay, this is good enough. The only thing I can think of is that they watched the film, they realized this is terrible, and perhaps to their credit decided, hey, it's going to make as much money if we release the version now that costs us $90 million, as it's going to if we spend another $60 million and make it a little bit better, but then we have a $150 million film on our hands. Um, I'm reminded of The Wolfman, which also came out Valentine's Day of 2010, which, to be fair, is a much better movie than Live Free or Die Hard, or A Good Day to Die Hard, just by default. Yeah. But that's a film where they had what was arguably a bad version that cost $90 million. They said, oh, God, we have to salvage this, made a mediocre version, but spent an extra $60 million doing it. So now they have a $150 million movie that flopped because it only made $200 million worldwide, give or take. 
Um, but putting aside studio politics or whatever, yeah, the film looks like it cost about a dollar after you discount Bruce Willis' salary and the chase scene in the opening in the uh, first act. Uh, the rest of the film is two or three characters muttering to each other in a sparse, empty room again and again and again. It's Bruce Willis and Jai Courtney, who is much better in Jack Reacher, by the way, guns drawn, not saying anything, waiting for action to occur. Um, you know, you could say, oh, this is a bad Die Hard movie, or John McClane isn't really John McClane. But putting all that aside, this is one of the worst movies I have ever seen in a theater. <laughs> In fact, it's so bad, I read Aaron's review and think he gave it two out of five? Really? Where's the extra one coming from, man? And that's not fair to Aaron. That's really not fair. But that's how bad. I, it's the first film I've given an F to in like seven years. Whoa. Um, ironically, Brandon, you might remember the last one I gave an F to because you saw it with me back when you still lived in California. Remember Nightwatch? Oh, oh, yes. Also took place in Russia. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't hate Nightwatch. I think that's, there's some creativity in that. But you gave A Good Day to Die are two out of five stars. Two out of five stars, Aaron. Let's move on to Abe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'd actually really like to get into that more later, too. Same question. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar. I've seen them. Uh, I don't remember them. I actually just watched Die Hard, the first one, again, last night. Um, but from our review of the film, it's essentially it's it's not very good, and primarily because, like what everyone has said, it's it's rather loud. It's just a bunch of action sequences put together. There's there's hardly any dialogue. There's some not a whole lot of character development either. I mean, you really have, to some extent, this is actually just a movie with Bruce Willis in it. It's it's actually not really a diehard movie compared to, like the turmoil that he has to go through physically in the other movies. Um. And just the way that he's he's taking things in stride is almost like a, a loose comedy of Die Hard. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, everything you guys have said about the villains, too, not a strong villain. Actually, you know, for this particular case, who is the villain? Um, and I didn't I didn't really think that it was uh, that good of a movie. I think that uh, one it's it's good thing is just that it's not ultra long. And, and I think that's... I love the kind one. of compliment words. It's okay because you'll be out of the theater soon. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, it 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 didn't waste too much of my time per se, but I just I, overall I didn't really like it that much, and that's primarily because it just is not a diehard movie. It, it doesn't really feel like one. It's it's certainly not any kind of like good movie at all either. Again, what Scott had said is just really poor writing. There is really no writing, and it's a, it's a lot of shaky cam, which I don't fully understand either. So I'm not huge on it. All right. So, um, I mean, if anything, I feel like I underrated it because this is maybe the second best Die Hard movie. The plot is just wonderful. I love, I love, <laughs> I love the, I love the, twi- I love, I love the twists and turns that go through it. McLean is like, Willis is better than ever. He's super jacked in this movie. He's just, you know, he's nonstop, but he still feels human. The, the, the expansive character roster in this film just, I mean, it's like, are there, are there, are there characters or are there like life defining individuals that you feel like you can reflect in your own self? Because that's how strong they are. The R rating, oh my god, it's like just pounds of gore and language all over the place. You completely deserved it. The budget must have been astonishing because, I mean, some of these action sequences are, it's, you know, it's like watching James Cameron direct art. Like, it's just, 
He he like John Moore. With John, the... John, John 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 hold on John Moore, the man who brought us what I what I think are just classics. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Flight of the Phoenix, the remake, destroys destroys the Jimmy Stewart version any day of the week. Max Payne, more like Max Fun. That movie is uh, the omen, the omen of bad things to come for other action directors because John Moore's in the house now. Scripting wise, Skip Woods skips to the bank on this one. He was just dominated. Oh my god! Like the the way the way there was dialogue handled in this movie, where you're like, man, is McClane going to make it out of here? Because that was a really compelling monologue he gave about being a father. Like, it's I, I teared up. I teared up. <laughs> you know, I couldn't. I couldn't find the words until now, but this movie is amazing. I mean, a good, this was a great day to die hard. That's what it, that's what it should have been. I, I really hated this movie, guys. And it's, <laughs> I, I, and it's, it's more of like, and I, I might, I might, I would have, like, if, having written it, having written the review and then, like, thinking back on it, I probably would rate it lower, because I still wanted to have much fun in this movie. I didn't care if it was, like, great. I didn't care if it was a great die hard movie. I just wanted to have fun. And like, I got to the theater. I was, I, I was, admittedly, I would say I was like, I was more, I was more excited than I should have been. Because I mean, even the trailers, I was never too warm on. I was just like, oh, it's a new Die Hard movie. Doesn't look like Die Hard that much. I don't know why they're falling through buildings and sur- presumably surviving this, but whatever. I mean, it's a new Bruce Willis, Jack John McClane movie. And I was, and you know, I was at Fox. I got to see the giant Die Hard mural there. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be, photo with it. This is gonna be great. Like this is like this. I mean, at least it will be fun. And this, I mean, I don't know what, Scott's put so many, like, great points out there. I can't disagree with any one of them. I can't say it's one of the worst times I've ever had at a theater, because I can't say I wasn't, like, laughing at how hysterically bad this movie was at points. But it's just, it's it's just, it's just a bad thing. Like, I can't believe this is a diehard movie. Like, this is, like, what they turned out. Like, and to think, this is the one time, like, a script was written for the diehard movie, as opposed to, like, turning another script into this. Like, it's... It's just sad, and but the worst, the worst defender about this is Willis. Like, and I remember how Bruce Willis, like during Live Free or Die Hard, during that press run, he was really excited about the movie. Like, he talked about how he was like his favorite one since the first movie. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, he I don't that th- for three too. Yeah, for three, yeah, for three. I don't think I heard that at all for this movie. I don't think I heard Willis talking that up. No, nope, he complained about the title to people. And it seems so apparent, like he's just sleepwalking through this movie. And he doesn't even care about, like, as much as I know Willis, like, kind of doesn't, like, care sometimes about movies, like, you know, Cop Out, for example, like, it, what, I feel like he always had a level of respect for the John McClane character, but he doesn't here, and that's the most disappointing part, like, he's just a jerk in this movie. He gets to Russia, and he's just like, hey, why aren't you speaking English? Bah, I'm on vacation. Like, it's just, ah, oh, it's just nonsense. And the action's just ridiculous. Like, it's there's no sense of any kind of geography. I, I don't know what's going on in that chase scene, besides the fact that there's a lot of practical cars that were destroyed for some reason by McLean. Right. Like, yeah. it's uh, it's just nonsense. <laughs> he killed so many people. It's, yeah, and, I mean, and to to your point too, Aaron, it, it's just everything is set up too easily. It's like I'm gonna go to Russia to go find my son. Oh, look, there he is. Oh, <laughs> what's he doing walking what's, into what's, this? What happens? He, like, finds his son, and he's like, Jack! And he just stares at him. Like, he has no plan. He's just like, I'm here. The What I describe this movie as is, like, imagine, like, you're, like, watching, like, a generic action movie, and suddenly, like, your goofy dad shows up to join you in this adventure. And that's what this movie is. It's just nonsense talk. It's Harry and the Hendersons Part (laughs) 5. Well, the the problem with the, at least from a jump, from a character point of view, putting aside the fact that it's barely a movie, 
it basically turns John McClane into the fly in the ointment for the good guys. I mean, you watch the film, and if you are, for whatever reason, invested in the story, if you want the good guys to win and the bad guys to lose, then for most of the film, you want John McClane to go the hell back home so his son can actually save the day without interference. I agree. And because, there's actually there's a, there's a death of a character that's likely caused because of McClane's yes. inclusion. <laughs> I mean, even aside from other people he runs over in Russia, there's at least one scene where he apparently gives the advantage to the bad guys. And, you know, it, it's, it's something called rooting against action, where basically if you came to see a diehard movie to watch John McClane be John McClane and, you know, kill the bad guys, then you're seeing this movie. And again, if you are invested in the story in any logical sense, you don't want John McClane to be there. Right. You now are watching a movie where you are rooting against that which what you paid to see. John McClane is Stitch in Lilo and Stitch. And, you know, no? everyone has okay. brought up the point of, like, it's not really a diehard movie. And I agree with that because... John McClane never really wants to be in these situations, and he's more human than anything else. And Aaron, you had brought up, like, why are they jumping through, like, glass ceilings and nothing's happening? In the first Die Hard, he, like, you don't even see him walk through glass, but you see him, like, you see the aftermath of it, and he's really out. He's crying. <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's crying. He's literally crying as he's pulling glass out of his feet. Yeah, this movie, he falls through, he falls through not one, but two buildings in this movie, exactly. and gets up and walks away. And worse than that, it's not like everyone else is invulnerable. His damn son's sitting right next to him with a piece of rebar in him, like, tr like trying to get to the pain. And what's McClane <laughs> doing to his son? He's, he's taunting he's him. He's him. telling him, <laughs> well, you can just cry and go home. Like, well, what that, movie is this? you, uh, cut your finger in a ladder, you cried for six days. <laughs> but, I mean, aside from that, I, you know, something about the editing, which kind of bugged me too, was, um, you know, it was PG-13, and then they decided to make it R. I think there were some weird cuts in the movie that still was PG-13. It feels exactly like a PG-13 movie, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we already yeah. failed, so we might as well just up the quality CG4 yeah. to make it an R. I, I think all they had to do was add the, the shots of, you know, these guys getting shot up in a courthouse and yeah. some bad language. And But aside from that, there's actually some parts where uh, they're, they're in the ballroom up top, and then they get kicked around a little bit. John McClane looks like he's going to spit some blood out, and then it cuts to, like, a different scene. Uh, and there's also some parts where he's driving and he's going to say like, but then it's just, he actually says it, but then they say something else over it. So this weird, weird, like audio stuff going on. Um, and it just, it felt like they were basically saying, oh, we've actually been finally given the R rating, uh, very late in the, very late in our, in our run, production run. So let's just go ahead and add some stuff in post. Um, and it, sh it should be fine, but it, it feels really poorly done. No, and, and Brandon mentioned this in his review, but there's actually far less violence and general intensity than in the PG-13 Live Free or Die Hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Live Free or Die Hard. Oh. There's a scene in that movie where McClane puts a guy in a chair and, like, throws him down some steps. It just, it, yeah. it's like, it feels hardcore violent in that movie, yeah. regardless of the rating. Yeah, they're getting away with a lot of stuff in that. And to mention on what Abe said, John McClane is the least bloody he's ever been in a Die Hard movie in this one. Yeah, and he goes through a lot more shit too, right. and it's it's just disappointing. I <laughs> his his shirt in the first one gets gross by the time he has to take it off in the first one. In this well, one, his shirt's gross and live free or die hard too. Yeah, I mean, he is. But it's like it's still white at the end. Well, I mean, in the in the in the fourth one, you know, even as as you know, arguably you know, wah wah toned down, whatever you want to call it. There is still a sense that John McClane could die at the end of part four. You know, they, they've set up the situation where 
as long as he saves the day and saves his daughter, he can die. And that was what made the first Die Hard as good as it was, is you, you know, he could die at the end of this film, as long as there's some semblance of success. There was no suspense whatsoever about whether McLean's going to die in this film or not. There are no stakes. There's no tension. There's no suspense. There's no ticking clock in terms of whatever the bad guys are trying to do because we don't know what they're trying to do to the very end of the film. Yeah. And even yeah, then, um, Brandon, you brought it up earlier. It's like, oh, the room's clear. And, you know, there's some ridiculous things in there. I have a question. Contrivances. Yeah. 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 So my question for you guys is, um, uh, so, you know, John McClane, in the first one, I, I don't really remember the other ones, but in the first one, you know, he's very upset at himself. He's like, oh, John, why did you get served in this situation? In the other subsequent films, is he also very rooted in terms of like, oh, you know, I'm not the smartest guy. Um, let me try and figure this out as best I can kind of thing. I would say, yes. yeah, I would, I would say so. I would say it's less apparent yes. in the second yeah. one. The third one, he's more of, he just has a hangover and he's just really annoyed. <laughs> but in the, but yeah. the, in the fourth one does the best. I mean, you guys have talked about this too and yeah. we talked about it in the commentary actually. The, um, the fourth one does a good job of kind of centering it back on John's character. Yeah. Cause I asked it because Scott, you brought up the point of like, you know what? You have no, there's no qualms at all that John McClane's going to make this out, out of here alive. And in the other ones, yeah, you know, he, he's the kind of the, the, the big name on the poster, but at the same time, there are some pivotal points where you're thinking, yeah, this could be the end of John McClane, or he could be seriously injured. This is the, yeah. the backdoor pilot for the Jack McClane Die Hard series, which yeah. is not going to yeah. happen. Did you guys like Jack Courtney? Because, like, I didn't, I didn't like this. I thought he gave a piss poor performance and, him and Willis had zero chemistry, and to cast that guy is the anti-diehard, because Willis was just this normal-looking, he was a little, you know, he worked out, but he was a normal-looking guy, whereas they cast as his son this, you know, he looks like a giant compared to Bruce well, Willis. I mean, I'd say it's more, of, and, it's, it's more of, like, the story that they're setting up for him. Like, he is a CIA spy agent's guy. Like, it, it feels like there could have been so much more interesting things done with that. You could have I mean, it, Roger yeah. Moore was MI6. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he—that's he, he, a different kind of spy. Right? Yeah, but I mean, he's, this guy is like big and beefy, and to think that um, oh, uh, Aaron Paul auditioned for this, who would have been a perfect foil for McLean, and you definitely would have believed that kid was Bruce Willis's son, and they picked this guy over him. It's just oh, it just wrong decisions were made across the board, especially hiring director, and then oh, Skip Woods, oh, I can, I can, great, I can, yeah, I can agree. Skip Woods of uh, X Men Origins, Wolverine, and uh, Sword, I like Swordfish, Swordfish game, uh, <laughs> but oh, I, mean, I, can, I mean, I can, I can agree with you that Aaron Paul would be an interesting choice. I'd like, I'd, I'd see that movie, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like. It, it does go the into. The important thing isn't whether you buy him as a CIA agent or not. It's more the chemistry he has with Willis. Yeah, and I think I do agree. That there's no real chemistry here because they don't have a chance to do anything besides like ang- argue for no apparent reason. I don't know why he's so angry at his father who you know saved you know his his family. A few yeah, years. exactly. <laughs> he saved his family. <laughs> you know, the, the eastern world, the eastern seaboard. Paris. Like you know, it comes with being a hero, kid. Like I don't know, but. I do think I what I wish is that there was, you know, something done with the idea of having someone like a born type hero mixing it with an old school human type hero. Like there's there's a dynamic there that you could work with in a script. But no, the movie had no intention of doing anything. No, like that's that. that's what I was kind of hoping they were going to do is you would, you know, again, contrast the prototypical 90s action hero with the prototypical 2000s knots, whatever they want to call exactly, it, yeah. action hero. Um, but instead, you have two alpha male assholes that are constantly battling for supremacy. Yep, no um, funny, no funny banter. A bunch of fake emotional, trying to get deep moments, and it's ugh, doesn't work. I, I think that they tried to get with some funny banter, but it just really came off as really flat because there Courtney was nothing to do it. 
yeah. Well, there's just there's just nothing to build upon. There's no you don't get any sense of the characters in this movie at all. I mean, uh, unless you that's why I was saying that it kind of just feels like a, an action movie with Bruce Willis in it. It's not really a diehard movie. It makes me think what like I mean because you know this movie had to be like two hours and they had to like test screen it and just like they realize how terrible it is. It would make me wonder what's been cut out of this movie. Like what what what, what was so what was so horrendous about the the, the uh, rest of the dialogue? I assume that made this movie terrible. They needed to short it down to ninety seven minutes with, with. Well, they even cut that scene from the trailer and well the line in the trailer. From the elevator when the guy says, you've done this before, and uh, Jack McClane says, don't encourage him. Not in the film, but it was in all the trailers. Well, even the uh, you know the shot of, what's her name, Yulia uh, Snegar, whatever her name is. There's only four yeah. characters in this movie, Scott. Yeah, the yeah. girl. The girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, basically, you know, strip teasing for the camera, which was a huge part of the marketing campaign for obvious reasons. Way, right? That scene's not in the movie. She gets yeah, there. It was better than the trailer. She gets there. She, she, start, she does. Yeah, it's. it's uh, That's why I'm saying boobs. Boobs are missing. Um, everything's missing. I mean, I'm amazed by how cheap the film looks and feels. It's like you know they couldn't hire any recognizable actors other than you know Willis and a cameoing uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, I, I, this really isn't a spoiler, but there are parts of the film where it might have made sense for Bonabadelia to show up. Um, she doesn't. Or even Al, like at the beginning of the movie, like well, he's getting like information from like a fellow cop guy. Like there's a there's key moments of cameo. Or someone from then. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Or yeah, yeah and the cops from Part Three, or Samuel L. Jackson. Even I mean, for your Die Hard, like Clifton Collins yeah. could have walked in and be like, "Hey, Clay, it's me from the White House." So you know, like, I mean, yeah. what's going on in this movie? <laughs> Instead, you have a cop that you've never met. And again, you know, I I don't think Bonham Bedelia costs very much. I don't think any you know Graham Greene does not charge five million a picture these days. <laughs> um, <laughs> like he once did. Yes. Um, yeah, this this movie is really it's a, it's, a, it's a disaster. I I don't know yeah, what to say. I don't know, and I know like McLean's very the yippee kaye moment. They even they even screw that up. Well, I mean, they, they just do. had to like they just had to weave that in somehow, and they it wasn't they even had, like a clever had, moment that he said it. Well, they had a false pay, uh, setup for it, which is just as bad as this damn script is. Where you there's an early moment in the film where one of the bad guys. Makes a mention of cowboy, and you're like, "Oh, this is going to be the guy." That, and then, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I won't spoil. But massive disappointment to where that character ends up. You know yeah. what? I, the one, the thing I hate about Americans, everything. It's not 1986 anymore. Reagan's dead. That's just that's key. Di- <laughs> that's great dialogue right there. From yeah, from remember the, when, from the, remember from when the, the original Die Hard came out? From, wink, wink. Yeah. From the, why, from, why, from the, eating a carrot. From the carrot chopping dancing villain. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's the just dancing? nothing in this movie. I mean, well, and you know, he made that up out of desperation, right oh on the set. God, there's just nothing well, here. There's no colorful villains. There's no supporting characters. Well, it's just you, nothing yeah, I mean, like, fun. I mean, they they couldn't even you know splurge for the old guy from Taken Two that always shows up as Russian. No man. Raid Serbadaya. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. bullet, no Boris the Bullet. No Werner Herzog. No Werner Herzog could have made so much life into this movie. And I have to say this, I've seen a lot of critic responses to this movie that I'd like to turn my my middle finger up at them that say, well, if you like Live Free or Die Hard, you'll probably enjoy this. No, 
No, not at all. <laughs> that's what I say. That's, I, a, complete, that's a complete yeah. insult. It's what I say to, like, pe- trying to argue that this movie's not good to people that is like, what, it's just another brainless Die Hard movie. The thing is, Die Hards aren't brainless uh, movies. They're, they're, no. they're legit good films. And, like, they have characters and development and villains and things that make yeah. a good movie. Not just a dumb action movie. I was like, sad oh, I mean, when he was telling Carl to be like, hey, you know, if I don't make it out of here, tell my wife that I was a jerk. And I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, this is this is really sad. I don't know where this is going, but this is bumming me out. And, I mean, yeah, it's, this is like a lighthearted comedy or something like that. This is, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, there was a feel-good moment for Len Weissman over the weekend where he he <laughs> he gave himself a fist pump but then realized his last film was Total Recall and he's currently working on a Mummy reboot. This makes you look far greater on the Les Weissman than they do on John Moore. Oh, oh yeah. God, I uh, if like, anybody anybody other than Willis works on a film again, oh my gosh! Like I mean, Woo. like John, like say what I will about Len Weisman because I'm not a big fan of his. I don't like any of the Underworld movies. Nobody is, but he looks like a genius. But, but like, at least, but you can tell that he has a passion for Die Hard, and he has a passion for the movies that he does. Even if Total Recall was terrible, which it was, it he does love that movie, and I can see, like, I can feel that passion coming out of him. In Total Recall, at least looked like people were trying. Yeah, it does. John Moore just seems like he's just hires, he's just hired on. He doesn't do anything especially good. He's just like, hey, he knows how to. I don't even know if he knows how to shoot action. I don't know what's. I don't know what he's been doing that's impressed people that like we can keep hiring on the movies. Especially because Bruce Willis like chose him, right? Didn't he like choose the director? They had someone else first, didn't they? And it ended Uh, up being. I don't know. Um, it wasn't a big name, but. It's I I yes he works for Fox obviously they like him they have a good Apparently. relationship with him because he doesn't ask questions probably he's just like but Whatever. I mean <laughs> well I I guess I wonder you know what was Fox thinking what did they think you know okay yeah and that's the sad news the folks are going to make money anyway because you know overseas but we'll get to that if we talk box office but you know they could have hired any, you know Sean Levy. <laughs> would have been a better choice. Mick G like, would have been a better choice. Mick G would have been bad. a good choice, though. Mick Huey LaBelle would be a better choice. Okay, let's not go to Huey Bell. I mean, Mick G would have been like, he would have been a good choice. Like, yeah. He just had to shoot action. You know, it would be a good choice. What's, what's his name? Um, the guy did Predators and Armored. Nimrod Antal. That guy. Yeah. He does. He makes, yeah. like, solid genre movies, that, and they yeah. like, have good action in them. Like, Neil, Neil Marshall could have been Neil Marshall would have been. That's an amazing choice. He would have been cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was where it's like John Moore gets this, like, who saw Max Payne was like, that guy needs more movies to make. Like, what's <laughs> happening? Let's give that guy our Max Payne didn't even franchise. have action in it. The movie no. about, the movie that ha- that centers on a video game about a guy with two guns running around blazing doesn't have any action in the movie. It's like 40 like, minutes before anyone gets shot. Oh my god. It's like, oh, that's why he thought this was gonna be PG-13, because nothing happens! <sighs> okay, we're just ranting now, so let's get to our rating of a good day. <sighs> Each week, IMAX. Each week at Out Now, Baron, we have a scale that we try to rate our movies on based on when you should go and see it. And our scale goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or forget about it. On that scale, Brandon, where would you put A Good Day to Die Hard? Uh, forget it. Don't. I, 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 there's going to be a lot of people that, well, it's Die Hard. I kind of got to see it. If you, If you can fight that temptation and just not see it don't um and if you have to pirate it is that an option <laughs> pirate pirate the damn movie Our, we, um, cer- we certainly don't support pirating aaron and i don't recommend pirating no no but i, well, I, <laughs> I we can't well, control what our guests say though 
Yes, we, I, I apologize. Same. I I I recommend that you buy it, and if it's broken, you have paid for it. Uh, maybe download it. I don't know. Scott, what um, is your rating for this? Movie? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I, I do have I do have one compliment for it that we'll talk about uh, after, I guess. But it, uh, it'll be backhanded. If you're going to pirate it, just cut, you know, buy a ticket to the Life of Pi instead. They're both Fox movies, so 20th Century Fox still gets the money. But having said that, obviously it's it's one of the worst movies ever made. I almost think it should be seen sort of as a film school dissection type exercise when it comes to television or somehow cheap. Or do the right thing. If you must see it, buy a ticket to, to Beautiful Creatures, buy two tickets to Everly or Beautiful Creatures, and then go off and suffer accordingly. Okay. Yeah. Abe? Uh, I certainly don't think that you should pay for it, and that's not to say that you should, you know, pirate it or whatever. It's primarily just if you know a friend that works at a movie theater that can get you a free pass, that'd be fine. Uh, otherwise, it's really a specific just... specific scale. I mean... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It, I, I'd really... I'd rather just say, like, you know, it's... If you just want to, if you really want to watch it, you should just watch it on TV, like regular TV. I I would say that too because they don't have to edit out much because it's basically yeah. thirteen. Um, all right, we still have to talk more about it. Um, <laughs> we have uh, let's do our movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we come up with a few films that may have related to some, in some way, to the main film of the week. And um, yeah, I know I have a couple, but uh, Abe, you could think of any. Yeah, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which we talked about earlier, um, primarily because it deals with Russia, and it was a much better movie. Um, and the board legacy stuff, because again, the shaky cam, which they didn't have to have, which they didn't have to employ that feature at all in this movie, which they decided to somehow, what, somehow, or some some reason do. It's it's not really conducive to anything. It just makes the movie look even worse. There was no middle ground, right? Because there was like shaky cam close-ups, and then there was like yeah. giantly long zooms from like three buildings away, like zooming in onto like the car. <laughs> yeah, things. I mean, like it's awful. Like, it, it, uh, the worst part of it is like the CAA part where they're like, "Oh no, a drone flying! Oh, map, 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 map! No, we gotta cut." It's like, what is this? Born popped up the British Afghanistan. <laughs> exactly. He's like tired, man. Get some sleep. <laughs> Scott, any uh? Movies well, Pirates of Ghost Island, because I was trying to think of movies that I've seen that are worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, again, anything by Yui Lamel, you know, Curse of the Zodiac, Boogeyman, whatever. Um, okay, but in all seriousness, obviously the other Die Hard films and any number of would-be Die Hard knockoffs over the years, the good and the bad. Um, it reminded me of a really bad, really cheap Luc Besson produced picture. That's fair. And I don't mean that as an insult against Luc Besson. It just, it did not feel like a film made by or intended for American audiences. Hmm. And that in itself, again, is not a problem, except that it was so bad. Brandon? Um, watch, uh, Looper, which was Bruce Willis's most recent film before. Um, and give Live Free or Die Hard another shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought of Looper as well, just because Michael Bruce Willis does try in movies still, so Looper's a good example, and Moonrise Kingdom. Um, Cop Out was another one I thought of because that's when Bruce Willis, you know, doesn't try in movies, just like this one. And um, then I, I watched The Fifth Element just to like make myself feel better, and I did, and because that movie's just fantastic. That's Die Hard Six in space, so there you go. Um, <laughs> Like imagine if like if like John McClane got like cryogenically frozen and was shifted 300 years into the future and it was the fifth element. That movie makes perfect sense that way. <laughs> um, 
you know, he's, he's really skilled at combat, but he's human. Um, um, so, yeah, that's... Actually, you know, if, if I may, uh, you know, and I actually watched it this weekend, just, you know, and Brandon had mentioned his review, uh, 16 Blocks, which to my mind will always be mm. the the final diehard. Whatever, in, you know, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Mm. That will be, in my mind, always the last John McClane adventure. Yeah, seven after he time travels back from the Fifth Element universe. I got it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a good, I, I enjoy that movie too with most stuff. The, yeah. It's a Richard Donner movie, right? Yes. Richard Donner, who was what? He's like pushing 80 and he was directing yeah. great action sequences. This still. is a uh, most recent film too. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't done anything since. He, he is quite old. <laughs> At his rate, he may not. Uh, unless he pulls off a how to, or a, Crap! Before the devil knows you're dead, dead. Yeah, Sidney like Lumet. Ninety-five. Yeah, Sidney Lumet. Also, he could, he could make a great yeah. action movie if he was still alive. He was that, that before the devil knows you're dead is full of energy and Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman sex sequences. But that's <laughs> poor Marissa Tomei. Why does he never get in a sex sequence? Right. I, I feel like that's a great callback to some other episode where we mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman sex scenes. I knew that we had like the many faces of Philip Seymour Hoffman as well as the many faces of Paul Giamatti. I don't want to talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman's sex scenes and Philip Seymour Hoffman faces in the same sentence. His angry face? That was my favorite part of Twister. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Helen Hunt. Um, okay, so that's movie callback. Let's get, what time, what time is it? Oh, is it's it not, that? No, it's not because we have to do box office. Um, <laughs> psyched you out. Psych! Box office. Each week we try to go over the box office so we'll see if our previous predictions were anywhere near what the actualities were. And I know we all predicted stuff last week. Abe, do you remember what you went for? I think I went with, like, uh, something large. I think maybe in, like, the 40s. 42? You were lower. You went first with 36 million. Six. Oh, okay. Um, Boom! Mark Hoban went first with 40 million. Marcus went uh, first with 45 million. And I went first with 41.125, as suggested by Abe. Uh, <laughs> and we were all off, I think. What, what was the... Actually, well, Scott, the, Scott, why don't you take over here? Are we talking for the five-day number? The five, the we, were, we, were, we were guessing the five-day number, actually. The five-day number is about 37. Oh, there you go. Oh, so, wow. So, hey, hey. You guys weren't that off. Boom. Um, and I would argue you were only off because the movie was so bad. Mm. That, you know, it, it, it violated one of the core rules of, of filmmaking, which is, you know, don't release your movie early, Wednesday, Thursday, if it is bad. Because by the time the weekend comes around, everyone will know it is bad. Uh, but anyway, no, it did about 30, 37 million for the five day weekend. Um, that's less, you know, it's, it's less than the, the 48 million that Die Hard 4 did over five days. It's almost as much as the, it's a little bit more than the 33 million that the last Die Hard did in just three days. That one opened on a Wednesday in June of 2007. Uh, it's lower than the other, you know, adjusted for inflation, it's far lower than the other Die Hards. It did 25 million over Friday to Sunday. Compared to around 22 million for Die Hard 2, 22 million for Die Hard 3, and well, like 8 million for the first Die Hard, but that's, that was a long time ago. Um, there's not really that much to say. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an aging brand. The fact that the film's a flying piece of garbage didn't help. Although we'll see how much it hurt. Um, basically, and this is the kind of scary, the, the scary part. How well it does in America is pretty much irrelevant. In my opinion, it's going to do, you know, if it's, it's probably going to behave like the Wolfman, which dropped by like 69% in the second weekend, ended up with about $62 million off of a $30 million three-day weekend. So doing the same math, Die Hard 5 is going to do about $55 million domestic, which normally would be a huge flop. The film cost 92 to make. It's a friggin' Die Hard movie. Even the first one did $81 million back in 1988, wow. et cetera, et cetera. But 
it's already done about $80 million overseas. 97. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I uh, Yeah, I'll take your word for it. I don't have bucks of Mojo. Or maybe that's the total. Maybe that's the total. The total is like 121 or something like that. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, if you hold on a second, I can check. Yes, 117. Uh, which, yeah, it's, it's, it's already, you know, it will have made its money back by next week. It'll, you know, 180 worldwide. That'll be easy. It'll probably do 250 even if it crashes and burns. We'll get another one. And the reason that's bad is very simple. You know, we Americans complain all we want about, you know, bad movies and not supporting bad movies. But if they do great in, you know, Europe or Asia or wherever, it really doesn't matter if they're terrible. We all hated Pirates of the Caribbean 4. We saw it in record low, low numbers for that franchise, but it still made a billion dollars over, you know, worldwide. Yeah. So oh, guess yeah. what? We're getting another one. You know, The Amazing Spider-Man did $240 million in America. Far less, far, far, far less than any of the previous films in the franchise. Um, who cares? Did 750 worldwide. We're getting another one. Uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter is <sighs> going to somewhat overperform in America. It's, it's at 50 million right now. It's going to probably do about 60, 65 by the time it's done. You know, it costs about 50, 60 to make. Break even, right? No, because it's already done over 100 million overseas. You know, it could clear 150, 200 million worldwide. Guess what? We're getting another one. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. You know, it's, 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 I would argue that what's happening to worldwide box office where tent poles are concerned is actually sort of an inverse situation to global politics. You know, there, there was an article I read a while ago, back around 2004, that argued that perhaps people overseas, over, you know, global citizens should be allowed to vote for the president of the United States because the president is so powerful worldwide and he, she enacts policies that affects everyone around the world that maybe those people should have a say about who may or may not be dropping drones in their backyard, for example. And, you know, that's a discussion for another day. But what I think is happening right now is we American moviegoers are about to enter an era where we have very little say in terms of the kinds of movies that get made, quote-unquote, for us, because we no longer are the primary audience. And it's also kind of, you know, an example of, of, you know, the Walmarting of America, which is that, you know, big corporations don't care if America is too poor to buy their stuff anymore because we're not a consumer. We're not considered the main consumer. They're going to make all their money selling it for pennies in China and India. And I don't want to get too political here, but... You know, that's what I fear we are seeing in filmmaking, especially in terms of big budget blockbusters, where, you know, whether or not it is a good movie or whether or not it appeals to American audiences is almost irrelevant because you're making your money in China, India, you know, other parts of Asia, Europe, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's where I'm going to stop. All right. Die Hard 6. I, Still die-harding. What, well, no, what, what Just has, die, what, damn it. What has, what has two thumbs and dies hard? This guy. And the bear said, you didn't come here to hunt, did you? I still like Brandon's title. <laughs> Only right. the good die hard? Yes. Well, that's that's like, awesome. That's a legit good title, though. Yes. Let's, yeah. move, let's move on. I think it's... Uh, I, think it's <laughs> I think it finally is time for some, some games. I stopped. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Abe, I believe you uh, you came up with something this week. I do. I have a game for everybody. It's called Dying Hard. So I'm going to read off. I have. What's it related to? <laughs> it is a bunch of horrible, horrific movie deaths, and you have to name the movie. Um, oh, okay. All right. So I've got 12 questions here. Oh, good. And, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so wait, we're just going to identify the movie based on the death scene you're going to read to us? Uh, I, it's actually like a clue. It's almost like a Jeopardy clue. Um, and whoever answers the first, you know, obviously the first one with the most will win. All right. So first question. Before being a professor to some mutated turtles, David Warner was beheaded in this film. The Omen? The Omen. That is correct. Aaron, you're on the board with one. Yay. One of the best hunters in Kenya was brought to his untimely demise in this 1993 film in a clever way. Jurassic Park. That is correct. Clever girl. Scott, <laughs> you are on the board. Excellent. If you have a Russian friend and are stuck in the cold Midwestern winter, stay away from wood chippers. Argo. Argo. Who said that first? I think Brandon did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe he's Swedish, not Russian, dude. Oh, is he Swedish? Well, I, I know that the actor is Swedish. Is he playing a Russian in Fargo? I mean, he just all he says is, well, he's... He, uh, Anyway, you never know what Peter Stormware is playing. Uh, That's yeah. part of his charm. I want to say that Aaron said it first. I feel like I got it first, not to toot my own horn. <laughs> you. All right. Remember when he said he'd kill you last? He lied. Commando. Commando. <laughs> Why kill Bill Duke from the front when you can ask him to turn around? Turn tombstone? around. Say tombstone? Yeah. No. Oh. No? Okay. Why kill Bill Duke from the front when you can... Ask them to turn around. Turn around. Predator? That is correct! Well, yes. Oh, uh, you're just actually referencing the actor Bill Duke. Okay, <laughs> I, wasn't, I was thrown off by this answer. <laughs> <laughs> turn around twice. <laughs> he now knows why you cry. Now he's got a self Come here, too. Yes. <laughs> Scott. Don't let your children mow the lawn late at night while recording with 8mm, or you might be but dead. Sinister? That is correct! Okay. What was it? Sinister? Sinister. Oh. oh. I haven't seen that movie yet. Ah! <laughs> she could turn left or right. Maybe she would be alive, but she'd still be in space. Prometheus. That is correct. <laughs> Before being a time-traveling looper, Joseph Gordon-Levitt got an ice skate to the face in this movie. Halloween H2O. That's correct, Brandon. Tay Diggs gets his face cut off from this equilibrium. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. <laughs> you need to see that movie at some point. Equilibrium? It's yeah. fun. It's fun. You'll probably hate it, Scott. <laughs> oh. Thanks, I think. <laughs> this American NBC hostage gets six bullets in the face from a fight clubber in which movie? Six bullets to the face. This oh, American Embassy hostage gets six bullets to the face from a flight clubber in which movie? Six bullets to the face. Uh, fight clubber, fight clubber. Who gets shot six bullets in the face by either Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, or Jared Leto? <laughs> I was thinking Meatloaf, but... <laughs> but you have to move where he gets shot. Fairly recent. What? Fairly recent. Um, Burn After Reading? Mm, no. Oh. That was just once. Yeah, I know. Um, 
Oh, Vantage Point? No. No one remembers that movie, Scott. <laughs> it is Killing Them Softly. Killing Them Softly? You guys stay married to the awesome... Was, okay, yeah. Wait to do it. Yeah. Embassy hostage? Yeah. Oh, because he's an Argo. Scoot McNary's an Argo. Oh. Boo. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Carry on. Question. Never take any photos and then forget that you took these photos because someone always getting closer to you. Someone what? Someone what? Someone is always getting closer to you. One hour photo? <laughs> This one was like the first one. Someone dies from pictures in this one? Take any photos and then forget Saw? that no. you took them. Memento? <laughs> Let me rephrase. Never take any photo and have your mother for tell you you forgot those photos, only to have you realize that someone's getting closer to you in each one. Okay, I, I know the gimmick, but the film isn't coming to me. Um... That sounds really scary when I think about it in my mind, but what movie is this? <laughs> um, uh, 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 recent or past five years. Thanks. Uh, that silent house movie? Uh, no. Insidious? It is! Who said that? No! Me. Is that Brandon? Yeah, yeah. So it really was Brandon first this time. <laughs> oh yeah, Insidious. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I only saw that once. What's, what's our scores? Uh, I, Aaron's guy. Taking it. I got six uh, of them, so I mean. Nobody's got. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> got uh, a tap of them already. All right. Okay. Great game, Abe. Thanks. I got a game as well. Um, this one maybe the most difficult game I've ever come up with. It is called The Return of Bruno. Um, this of course is in reference to Bruce Willis's solo album that he released back in the '80s. That is the title of said album. And basically, I've taken lyrics from several of the songs, and you have to guess what movie relates to these set of lyrics. And it's a Bruce Willis movie, of course. Got, are y'all there? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You're just really <laughs> comprehending this game that I've entitled right. The Return of Bruno, which I'm quite happy with. Okay, here, this is from the song, the classic. All these are classics. You all, you all, of course, remember Bruce Willis's career as a musician as Bruno. But, uh, is he the one that liked to party all the time? this is from the song coming right up what's that am i free later let me put it this way does a comet leave a crater ask the armageddon armageddon okay i can assure you that every other one is much harder than that one (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna win one to nothing to nothing there you go (laughs) this is from the song respect yourself if you disrespect everybody that you run into how in the world do you think anybody's supposed to respect you? Die Hard with a Vengeance? Nope. Yeah, I think it's not striking distance. Um, 12 Monkeys? Nope. It's around this time. Not this time, I'm sorry, around that time that you're guessing, around the that mid-90s area. Pulp Fiction? It is Pulp Fiction. Oh. Respect. Uh, Fair enough. He doesn't respect John Travolta. They run in there. They respect you. Oh, okay. Next one. This is a longer one. This is from the song Down in Hollywood. Of course. I know you guys know this already, so I don't know why I'm saying the title. Well, well, did you hear the good news? There's going to be some bad blues. Somebody sat down and played it all night long. So go on and fill your brown bag. Put on all your clean rags. Let's go downtown and see what's going on. Free rising. What? 
<laughs> Mercury Rising. I wish it was Mercury Rising. It's just no. not Got to go with Striking Distance again. <laughs> nope. Um. What, oh, Monkeys? <laughs> last Man Standing. It's Last Man Standing. Ah. It? it is. I was, the joke answer was going to be Rugrats Go Wild, but you guessed the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the song Youngblood. Just one look and I was captured. I tried to walk, but I was lame. Just could not help myself from shouting, what's your name, what's your name? Now looky, now looky here, girl. Come here, baby. Twelve monkeys? It's not, mon- it's not twelve monkeys. <laughs> twelve monkeys. <laughs> It's close to striking distance. Color of night? Color of night. Yes. Okay. That's, That's the sick. only time that having remembered color of night will come in handy. Yep. <laughs> and you win. Parker. Is that is that is that striking distance? Is that what Sarah Jessica Parker? I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Last one, because these are too fun. <laughs> this is from Jackpot, Bruno's Pop. That's a real song that he made on a CD once. Sorry. Grandpa always gave me good advice. A fine-looking woman is like a pair of dice. When she flashes her snake eyes, you gotta pay the price. Twelve monkeys. <laughs> Striking distance. Bandits. More this decade. Bandits. Or not this decade. More this. More the previous decade, I guess. Bandits. That's a good movie. Bandits. 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 It's not bandits, but I like that. Uh... National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. This last decade. (laughs) Grandpa always gave you good advice. A fine-looking woman looks like a paradise. Oh, that dumb gambling movie that came out a week ago. Uh, Play the play the favorite. No. No. Uh... I assume none of these are those direct DVD 50 50 cent movies he does. Oh, it's more. I think one. <laughs> he made a movie with 50 cent? He made, a he made several movies with 50, 50 cent. Yeah. I had no idea. Good thing they're like, they're like together like Scorsese and De Niro. Yeah. I remember De Niro doing that. Mm. The answer is Sin City. Eh, <laughs> I did say it was, what, it, it was not 12 monkeys of striking <laughs> distance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of games. Um, no! Uh, hey, playing. Yeah. Uh, Scott won that one, so there you go. Ow! Hey, you had two. Awesome. Um, now, what's what we got? Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are some of the new releases coming out on Blu-ray DVD this week, and uh, we have a couple good ones and some others. Sinister. Tomorrow. You guys couldn't have waited one day to not spoil the film. <laughs> I Tomorrow. Didn't, I, I didn't spoil anything. <laughs> it, it's one that's How was I supposed to know you had it seen yet, Scott? You're a movie reviewer. You watch every movie. And, I was and, be, for and because Abe's also like, not concerned for any of the listeners that might have not seen Sinister, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Abe, you're going to have two days to watch it. Yeah, Sinister does come out this week, and um, I enjoyed Tomorrow. I enjoyed that movie. I think more people enjoyed that movie more than I did, but I, I like the movie. Abe, you like the movie, right? I, I liked it, and uh, I, I think Insidious was a little bit better. But I, I agree. It's good right. atmosphere, though, in Sinister. For sure. Exactly. Three of us. Yeah, okay. for, for a $10 million movie, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Argo comes out this week. I think some people heard of really? this one. Um, yeah. yeah, it's you know pretty much lined up to win Best Picture next week, so there you go. Um, Anna Karenina comes out this week, and I know Abe and I were pretty mixed on it, but Mark Hoban loved it. so <laughs> It was okay. And um, I believe Fun Size comes out this week. Scott, did you see Fun Size? 
Uh, I did. It I was see? Fun. And you haven't seen? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for my wife to watch Sinister. Oh. She likes horror films. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. Um, no, it's, it's inoffensive. Uh, it's, it's, I think some of the critics were a little hard on it just because they, you know, again, it's one of those movies that, you know, does have a little bit of substance. So to simply write off some brainless exercise isn't fair. But I'm not going to say it was good because it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's get to next week. Next week, um, well, it's, it's the Oscars next week. So movie releases aren't like kind of the big deal, but. Two do come out. Snitch comes out, the new movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course. And uh, what's it? The Dark Skies movie comes out with Gary Russell and birds hitting her window. So that's all I see in the trailer. I don't, I don't care enough. It's from the guy that did Priest and, and Legion, so I'm just not going to see them. Oh, yeah. That's Priest was. That was a great review. Priest, I believe that was like episode seven or something like that. Like, yeah, I thought that was like episode four or something like that. Yeah. Actually, it's after <laughs> Thor, so episode nine would have to be Priest. Yeah. Uh, because I know the Thor episode by heart. <laughs> well, uh, Priest was the next week. Yeah, so, so yeah, it was episode nine, because I ate yeah. Thor. Um, all right, so yeah, Snitch comes out. Maybe we'll talk about Snitch. I know we're going to do, maybe we're going to do it. We're going to do an Oscar prediction show. Free Oscar party. Yeah, we're going to do an Oscar prediction show. which Everyone's invited. Which will probably be released earlier than the actual Oscars. That'd be the, the ideal way to do that. Um, but yeah, we might as well predict the box office for Snitch, I guess. Um, uh... So, <laughs> I guess, well, what, Die Hard would have to take it again, right? Two weeks in a row. God, I hope not. Safe Haven's going to, because it'll drop lower. It'll drop less. That's true. Or Identity Thief. If it drops, you know, another small drop, it'll take number one again. The bar's certainly low, so. Identity Thief? You know, we dropped 23% this weekend. So let's just get a, let's guess what's going to be number one next weekend. Let's do that instead of any kind of number. Yeah, that's actually. Uh, what do you, what's Dark that? Skies. You think Dark Skies? Yeah. No. No? No. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. People like horror. Yeah. I don't know. Mama kind of surprised me, so you never know. What do you think will be number one next weekend? Me? Uh, Identity Thief. I mean, I, uh, the question is, has Dwayne Johnson built more of a fan base on his own as a result of Fast Five? How well did Journey 2 do last year? Pretty damn well. I mean, it opened about 22 million bucks, ended up with about 100 million, and did a God, number of overseas. Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't necessarily uh, say that's all the Dwayne, yeah, I mean, Dwayne Johnson. If it did 20, it wouldn't surprise me. So what do you think will be number one then, though? You think it'll be Snitch or you think it'll be in Identity Thief? Uh, well, if, let me put it this way if Snitch does 20, it'll be number one. Okay. If it does 12, it won't be. It just depends on Neither you. result would surprise me. Brandon, thoughts? Uh, do <clears throat> I'd probably say Snitch. Um, mainly based on the the rock. Um, I I I wonder if have, I haven't been paying attention, but have they been running a lot of ads for it during the Walking Dead? Um, I've seen more ads. I mean, because it's horror, I've seen more ads for Dark Skies during the Walking Dead. Okay, because I've you know Bernthal's in that, and I, I wonder if he would bring a little a small uptick because he was quite popular on that show, and that show is seen by a ton of people. True. So. I I don't I'm not saying he has some sort of power, but maybe a slight yeah, okay. interest. But um, I f- I feel like it could be number one anywhere number one to three for Snitch, mm-hmm. Dark Skies I somewhere five or six. Abe, thoughts? 
I, I think that I'd probably go with Snitch primarily because it's a new release. Dwayne Johnson's in it. Although I, I don't really know what the marketing has been like for it. Um, and I feel as though, yeah, with, with the panning that Dead Die Hard's been getting, it's, it's kind of just going to skyrocket out of there. Um, well, and Identity Thief, I didn't really hear too much about it. But, well, it did dominate the box office last weekend. So. Yeah, that's that's and it, and it was number two this weekend, ahead of the other three releases that came out. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll still go with Snitch. I'll say number one. Um, yeah. I'm obviously going to say Escape for Planet Earth. That just makes yes. sense. That's, that's, that's gonna, <laughs> it's going to skyrocket in. I'm going to say Safe Haven. I'm going to put my bet there. I'm going to suggest a different yeah. thing. See what surprise me. See what see how that uh. takes us. The only the only reason I wouldn't say that is because Dear John dropped like a rock after opening weekend. Um, with, with different seats? weekend. With seats hates? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it actually had the. I mean, it was the highest. Gro- well, I think the Notebook's a little higher, but it's one of the highest grossing Nicholas Sparks adaptations, but it had the lowest multiplier. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, for now, that is gonna do it for this week's episode. Go of see beautiful <laughs> creatures. <laughs> God. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeisyk.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as at wiseoblue.com. So we can find all my various movie reviews. I should point out that Undefeated, which I talked about last week, does come out in Blu-ray this week, by the way, as well. Because um, I wrote a Blu-ray review for that. Just saying. It's a good movie. Good doc, good doc for sure. And, um, yeah, I you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Scott? Uh, Mendelssohn's Memos. I syndicate elsewhere, Valley Seed Magazine and Uffington Post. But if you want to read everything I write, go to Mendelssohn's Memos. Brandon. Uh, I also write at Mendelssohn's Memos, where Scott cracks the whip and I type the keys. And um, Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at BT Peters. Uh, be on the lookout for my Evil Dead retrospective coming soon. Ah, join us. Um, <laughs> let's see. All the other episodes about Now Baron Abe can, of course, be found on iTunes. Also at hhwlod.com, you can find out you can find out our most recent all the all the episodes there, as well as the episodes of the other shows such as the Walking Dead TV podcast and Legion of Dudes, just shows about comics and games and TV and other fun stuff like that. A bunch of cool guys. Uh, Outnow.podomatic.com, you can find most of the newest episodes with some exclusives there. Uh, the YouTube page, YouTube.com/slash/outnowpodcast, where you can find the main reviews if you don't want to listen to any of the other stuff. About twenty to thirty minutes each. There's going to be a lot of shouting of us about Die Hard on that YouTube review. <laughs> Pretty much. It's going to be awesome. Out now pod- a lot of bear jokes. Yep. Out now podcast at gmail.com. You can feel free to write in your thoughts on Die Hard and Die Hard-like movies, and you know, we'll be happy to, to read them out or you know, take the feedback as we get it. Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and Twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can follow and like those pages there, and you get all the updates and new episodes and what have you. Uh, that's going to do it this week for the episode, so thanks guys for coming on. Scott and Brandon. Yes. Hey, it's been a pleasure. As always, it's been great. Sure, and until next time, so long. And goodbye. Smoke up them octopuses, boys. <laughs> and the bear said, you didn't come here to hunt, did you? Remember when we first met John McClane? Argyle picked him up from the plane And took him down the Nakatomi Tower To meet with Holly He came to get her back and to be her man But Hans and his buddies fucked up the plan And that's about when everything went sour At the Christmas party And the terrorists were overzealous But it was sweet when they killed Ellis And with a little help from Alan John McClane kicked ass We're gonna die
vacation. <laughs> Jack. Jack. John. 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 Jack. Oh, what are you doing, Jack? We just made a better movie than the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs>